Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Mas, the official podcast of Somos Mas NM and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth Bidoff. Joining me this evening, the one, the only Tweedledee, Earl Nieto. Earl, have you been watching uh, Alice in Wonderland lately? Can't hear whatever you just played. Really? Yeah. Damn it. Um, to answer your question, have I been watching Alice in Wonderland? No. No? Is that your word for the evening, then? No, that is not my word of the day. So, okay. nice try. Nice try. <laughs> I was just curious. Um, Earl, appreciate you hopping on this week, as always. Uh, I had a lot to get to. Had two matches last week. Two matches this week. A lot going on for New Mexico United. Do you have a tiny bit of, rec- of runners news this evening? I don't know if you've heard of it, but uh, uh, New, Mex- uh, New Mexico runners' uh, former player Jackson Rogers is moving. He is heading back to Missouri with his family, so wish them all the best. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to watch uh, Jackson out there at the Rio Rancher Event Center, uh, I'm sure there's you know highlights over on runners uh, NewMexicoRunners.com. Go check that out. Jackson's super, super nice guy. I had the opportunity to meet him a couple times. And he, you know, he, he coached locally. His, him and his wife were, were both here. And, his, and the, I believe they had two, two kids as well. Um, but yeah, big part of what the runners have done over the past few years. He did put out a big post. I believe they were on Facebook. Uh, thanking the runners and everyone in and around the community for their support. So uh, all the best to Jackson and his family as they move. And they head off to uh, new ventures for them. So uh, never had the chance to have Jackson on the show. Would have been nice to have him. But again, we did have a chance to talk to him a few times. I actually got to re- uh, referee for him a couple times out at the uh, Bernalillo Soccer Complex. So really super nice guy. All the best to him. Um, but, I mean, let's get right into it, Earl. Two matches last week, Wednesday, Saturday. Two more this week, Wednesday, Saturday for New Mexico United. Kind of split the difference last week. Lost to Oakland and then a win against uh, uh, FC Tulsa over the weekend. Uh, I mean, so what what we'll do here is I'll I'll run the highlights of the FC Tulsa match on in the background, and we'll talk about kind of talk about both matches because you have some opinions. You're you're not super high on Sh- Schneider Borgelin. You're not super high on this new guy Alex Tambakis. Um, but New Mexico United did, of course, pick up the win. They are still three points outside of the playoff hunt. Um, and as a reminder for anyone, if you're in the chat with us, whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, please throw your questions and comments over in the chat and tell Earl how wrong he is about both of these uh, takes. Hold on, here. hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you dive right into this, I have a burning question okay. for you. And it kind of coincides with my, where's my, finger? Where's my shirt. Where the hell? Right there. What does your shirt say? I see pizza and pineapples. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Fuck no. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of the show. <laughs> okay, I mean, to be fair, I, I've I've kind of come around a lot on this a little bit. I don't think it necessarily belongs on pizza, but I think with the right combination of the toppings, it's worth having on there. <laughs> carry on, carry on. Carry on. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Earl is done with me. Um, 
<laughs> with whole pizza. Uh, pineapple on pizza is a, is a win. Um, but again, it's something I've come around on. It's not something that I typically enjoyed in the past. But again, I think you have to have the right combination of ingredients to help uh, to help pull out the flavors. Uh, David, we see Carl over in the chat. People who don't like pineapple on pizza are just curmudgeons. It's a good combination. See, I'm so I, I'm curious now. So, what are you eating with the pineapple? Is it just pineapple now? Lately, I've been eating your pineapple and feta, you know, and like a white sauce, which to me, oh, no. I, so. The, the best combination, you can get it at your local Dion's. Um, that's a free advertisement for Dion's right there. Um, you can get a pizza slice with pineapple and green chili. Okay. Pineapple. Yeah, it, it's not the Duke City. That is, uh, what's that called? The, I think it's called like the 505 or something. I don't know. Or their, their version of, a, of an Hawaiian pizza. Um uh, they go feta and garlic sauce. Yes, I apologize. I did not remember the order, but yes. Um, garlic sauce, feta, and pineapple. It is quite uh, enjoyable. That is something that, that my girlfriend introduced me to. It is something that, that I do enjoy. Uh, David, we see pineapple, ham, and bacon. Okay. And uh, Harry, Team Jacob saying hello. Hope all is well. Jacob, uh, Jacob Borges is not here with us, although Team Jacob is represented as always. Harry, so, you're doing well. It's funny that Harry hopped on this because um, – I actually talked to Jacob right before this. Did you? Jacob is doing fine. Um, unfortunately, he is still working. He's still calling me about work and and all the shenanigans, shenanigans. Um, Dion's where I met Seth and Jacob. Where was Team Earl? Um, Team Earl was going through a rough patch in his life. Um, and that rough patch kind of stretched into a very, very long stretch of rough patches in my life. Um, but, I mean... Obviously, I got better because look at my new house. I even have a piano. <laughs> Earl has uh, Earl is Earl is moving up in the world. You know, new house, the fireplace. Piano. Yeah, your place is much larger than it used to be. All right, so Jane, pineapple, green uh, chili, and Canadian bacon. All right, we got some pineapple fans. All right, very. It's it, I think I don't know. To me, pineapple was always like a foreign thing. It's not something that you would have typically thrown. You're a foreign thing. I, I very well might be um, not the worst thing that I've been called on this show. Um, you know, <laughs> I so far to say the worst is curmudgeon. Yeah, curmudgeon. There you go. I have been called a soulless robot multiple times, so um, I'm glad we're moving away from from that um, for now. All good on this trip. So only saw Team Roll. That is, that is correct. You only saw Team Roll this time out, Harry. Uh, chicken, bacon, pineapple with white sauces is also good. Interesting. Okay. See, so, see I would do that. Um, my nephew, Javi, he's texting into the chat um, on the text line. Okay. Um, which, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we do have a text line. Um, he doesn't like pineapple on his pizza, but he does like the one thing in this world – that would kill me. Mushrooms? Mushrooms. Oh. Okay. I mean, yeah, I don't blame him. Um, I, I like mushrooms on my pizzas as well. I, I can get get a, get on with that. Question in the chat. Can Earl play the piano? That's a very legitimate question right there. If you're going to showcase it, Earl, you got to be able to play. Um, yeah, hold on. <laughs> I 
at least it's not chopsticks. Yeah, so that was a recording I did a couple couple days back in my new house, um, which, ladies and gentlemen, this is not my house, and I do not know the people that own this couch. Earl, are you okay? Blink twice if you're okay. <laughs> carry on, carry on. Mushroom on pizza is great. All right, I, I agree. Mushroom on pizza is fantastic. I enjoy it. Um, but yes, no, I, I, my, my girlfriend is, uh, she's curious as to why I had a knee jerk reaction to, to your question, Earl. Um, again, I don't think it's like belongs on there, but again, with the right combination of flavors and toppings, I think pineapple can be solid. So, um, but yes, uh, the Mexico United split week, split the week last week, lost against Oakland roots win against, uh, FC Tulsa. I'm sorry. I'm going to, okay. Derail ones. Jane, anchovies. Uh, no, absolutely not. Um, we, I was up in Hartford and I wanted to do a, a clam pizza. Did not get to have the clam pizza. My girlfriend would not agree to the clam pizza with me. Um, but that's about as far as I'll go in terms of having some sort of a seafood on, on a, on a pizza, but I can't do anchovies. It's just the flavor. Harry, meat lovers all the way. I don't blame you, Harry. I don't blame you at all. Um, so, Earl, uh, you had some takes in our chat, and I'll go ahead and get the the highlights running of the Tulsa match over here because for some reason the USL Championship does not have highlights of the Oakland Roots match, although, to be fair, probably not the uh, the best option. So, um, And really, I'll just... I'll dive right into it. Wednesday night against Oakland, I didn't see anything that really stood out. Yeah, we got beat, but it wasn't something that sore thumb stood out. We just got outplayed, and that's how it went. And I see we're still on the pizza conversation. <laughs> who knew pizza? Who knew pizza would be such a conversation this like this evening? Congratulations, Earl. You have uh, owned the first eleven minutes of this show. Um, but yeah, o- Oakland Wednesday night. Uh, I mean, honestly, a-, a lot has gone on since then. There's been a big blur. Obviously, you get the the debut of Zico Bailey. You got uh, Schneider Borgeland getting some some play as well. Um, but yeah, I just uh, I- I'm curious, in particular, your thoughts on Schneider Borgeland for one, because you have been in our in our in our group chat. You're not a fan of his. You're not a fan of what he's done so far. You don't seem, seem to be a fan of what he could potentially bring. Is it, is it that he hasn't produced any goals yet? What is your issue with new signing Schneider Borsman? So before we go on to this, this, uh, this Schneider board again conversation, I, I do know my favorite kind of pizza. Okay. And it doesn't have anything to do with pineapples or anything. Right. 
I, 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 yeah. Okay. So I digressed a lot. Um. So my thing about, and I said it last week. I hoped that Schneider Bordigan was the answer that he could possibly spark a messy magic like run. Um, which, speaking of which, that reminds me. Um, do you know the score between Nashville and Inter Miami? I don't, but I do know that Nashville lost to Atlanta United the other day. Shut your fucking mouth. That's not what I asked. <laughs> I think it was 4 0 in, in that one. Yeah. Mukhtar must have took the night off. Hmm. That, Anyways, that must have been it. Once again, I digress. Um, it's going to be a long fucking show, just so everyone knows. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Wednesday, I didn't see anything that really stood out. Um, but the one thing that did kind of stick out to me was the lack of Schneider Borgelin. I've been calling him board again for a week now, so it's kind of stuck in my mind. Um, he. How do I word this? David's already given us permission to be free roam. Um, how free roam do I want to go? He's not entertaining. We'll put it at that. Um, I've seen old people cross the road. That's more entertaining than that. I've watched an episode of Sylvester and Tweety Bird. Be more entertaining than Schneiderboard again. Okay, so I ask, what is it that you're expecting? What is it that you're not seeing? Like, is it, it again, is it that he hasn't produced any goals yet? Is it that he's not he hasn't produced dynamic? at all? I mean, the first week that he was here, the first two matches, it was nice because people weren't sure. Yeah, here goes the hot take, David. Just so you know, Captain Hot Takes is back. Um, the first couple weeks, the first week, maybe week and a half, people weren't sure of what to expect from Schneider Borgelin. So they kind of double teamed him and kept an eye on him just in case. But then they figured out that he is Romario Williams 2.0. Ooh. And when I say Romario Williams, I mean Romario Williams in New Mexico where he doesn't produce. Yeah, he's in the midfield. Yeah, he's attacking a lot. But he's not a threat. And I'm trying to watch any of these replays to see if I see him anywhere near the attack. Which I didn't. I could have been wrong, but I didn't. Um... And yeah, and I get it, David. I 100% understand. I get it. It takes time. He came in close to the end of the season. Um, and it takes time. But on one hand, I hear that. And I understand that. And I, I mirror that sentiment. But then on the other hand, I, I have to throw one name out there. Zico Bailey. 
who came in and didn't need any time. Had an assist, I think. Well, like, correct me if I'm wrong. This was his first match that he played with us. Uh, second match. Second uh, match. He did. He did start. Okay, so his first start with us, and two minutes into the game, he has an assist for a score. And David, I, I pray to God that that's true. Um, I pray to God that it's in an El Paso playoff match, uh, <laughs> knocking them out. That's what I would love to see. Um, but that's and don't get me wrong. The opinion of Earl is exactly that. It's the opinion of my caption right here being Tweedledee. This guy right here is Tweedledum. Um... And then when Jacob's here, we're the three amigos or the three studios. One of the two. Uh, regardless of that, I'm I'm not impressed with Schneider Borslin at all. I mean, all right. So let's, just, let's 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 pull this clip back right here for just a minute. Okay, so let's watch this ball in by Zico Bailey. Look at the attention that Schneider pulls. He pulls both central defenders right there in the middle of the pitch. That does open up space for Harry Swartz. And to David's point, his hold-up play has been terrific. There have been some uh, there have been a couple opportunities that he's had, and there was one later in this game against Tulsa that he kind of he, he kind of didn't put enough on it. Now you and I had a discussion yeah. on this during the match tonight. It looked to me like I felt like he thought he was offside and was waiting for that flag to go up. Now should he have you know? So that, that doesn't mean I don't think honestly it excuses. So yeah, so with that goal. with with that comment, correct me if I'm wrong. You play until you hear a whistle. Well, yeah, no, you absolutely do. So whether you're a mile offside or you're still onside by a hair, by the skin of your teeth, you get the ball. Your job as a striker is to shoot. And score goals. Mm -hmm. Your job as a striker coming in at the end of the season is to bring some kind of hope to the team. Um, with you half-assing a shot because you felt like you were offside, that gives me no confidence in it. I get that. I, I do. I understand where you're coming from with, with that. You obviously want them to, to play the whistle. You want them to finish the play. It's like, here's that play in particular right here. Now, again, he didn't necessarily, you know, get, get the ball in stride. He tries to, you know, he does kind of like, you know, shoot it from kind of an awkward spot. If you ask me, he also may have been looking for that offside flag, you know, because again, with the way us, with the way referees are taught now is they're supposed to wait as long as possible to hold their flag. Um, so like you know he he is he is still going, but <laughs> the base of this take is as legitimate as Earl's piano. Uh, Sue, appreciate your comment. We'll get to yours here in just a second. Um, you know, but and we've seen moments where 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 the delivery to to Schneider hasn't necessarily been there. And that's something we've dealt with all season. 
there was a play one moment in particular Saturday night where the ball comes in from the right wing. I don't remember who sends it in, but but Schneider takes it off of his chest and as the ball comes down so that he can try to handle it. He's immediately converged on by two different uh, FC Tulsa players. He doesn't have time to settle the ball and turn and shoot, or even you know, or, or even just you know take a you know try to make take it off the volley or something along those or anything along those lines. And so, you know, I don't fault him for not scoring a goal yet. I mean, he's had a couple shots that I feel like he could have done a little bit better on, but again, it's a lack of service at times. And again, we've dealt with that all season long, no matter who it is. Um, he does bring something that we've never had in a forward though, which is, which is size. I mean, yeah, we had Dev. I think Dev was listed, you know, maybe six foot, maybe six one. I mean, Borgeland's listed at six foot four, gives us a, a physical presence in the box. You can see guys looking for him. You can see them looking for him on crosses and he's drawing the attention of defenders again here, even with, with Sergio's goal. We'll, we'll pull that back here just a little bit and look at Sergio's goal one more time. You watch this play here, the ball to the right from Santi. Again, we'll talk to, talk about Zico Brett about Zico here, Bailey here in a minute. But again, you see and focus on Borgeland right here. You see him run into the box. He's got two guys, three if you put if you count this left defender here, all can, all moving with Schneider, leaving Sergio wide open. So it's not just a matter of scoring goals. It's not just a matter of creating assists. You look at what at what he's doing and the attention he's drawing. He's opening up opportunities for other guys on the field around him as well. How many matches has he been with us? Uh, this is four. Three? Four? Three. Yeah, three. Yeah. So three or four. It, it's we'll it's three because we had last Saturday against, uh, against San Diego and then Oakland and uh, Tulsa this week. So with that, with three goals – with three, three games, and he, and like I did, this is my opinion. It's one of those crazy hot takes that I'm uh, that I'm known for. It's one of those crazy hot takes I got Team Earl, the name Team Earl from. Um, in those three games, he could have at least scored one, mm-hmm. and he hasn't scored at all. He hasn't had any impact on a or any direct impact on a scoring play, minus what you say where he attracted two or three. Regardless of that, I mean, just in this one, a, game, just in this huh? one game, he had two. He had two instances where he drew attackers away from other players. Okay, and what drew, do we do with that? Scored two goals. Okay. <laughs> I just pointed out both goals here, the, the Harry Swartz goal and and the Sergio Rivas goal, where you see the impact that he's having even when he doesn't have the ball at, at his feet. Now you talk about you talk about not having an impact. Let, let's let's talk about someone not having an impact. Santi Moar. Santi has had little to no impact whatsoever. You don't gotta tell me twice. Okay, so if you're gonna say someone hasn't had an impact, I'm gonna go. Do you want me to go down the list? Because I, <laughs> I have a list, dude. I, I'm gonna say Santi's had less impact than Schneider has, and you're not wrong. Okay, Santi's then. had more time. Santi's had a lot more time than Schneider. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, how many goals does Santi have? Three, four. I'd have to double check the stats on that, but I want to say he has two. 
And I'm not sure how many goals he has. So, yeah, you're not wrong. Where Santi's had very little impact as well. But when you look at it, for the caliber of team that we have, who has made an impact? The only person I could point out that's made an impact is Sergio Rivas, who's scored the past two games. Santi has two goals on the season. Okay. Um, and going with that, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want this to be a Bash United session because I really don't. David, I will take you on that bet. <laughs> I will take you on that bet on air. Um, and if I lose, I will literally Facebook pay you or Venmo you. You will have your dollar by tomorrow. Um, and that's a fact. But where I'm at is... The when we went on our five game win streak, I'll bet you a beverage. That's fine. Because betting money is actually unethical and something like that. I don't know. Try not to get canceled by FCC on this thing. Um, probably league rules more than anything. League and, and uh, IFAB. That too. <laughs> um, once again, ethics. Something yeah. along that ethics line. Regardless of that. You look at our five-game win streak and take those five games and compare them to the last three that we haven't won. Okay, we went on that, what, five-game win list streak? Am I right on five list win list? Five win list? Yes. Okay. So... On those five win lists, the last couple of matches, we've seen one very interesting formation change. Do you want to point it out? Um, I'd be willing to bet the difference was Daniel Bruce not starting up top. Okay, so two, which we know Daniel Bruce is injured, so mm-hmm. at least that's what the injury report says. Yeah. Um. So two changes. One sticks out like a sore thumb, and I don't like it. Okay, what's your what's your other one? It's where that guy on this oh, on that last frame. Um, and I will point it out right now. Okay. Kalen Ryden has been playing left back. Mm-hmm. And well, I, I don't I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, say left back, but more of a left center back. But he's not he's not it's certainly not that central defender role. Yeah, he's definitely not in the central position. Mm-hmm. And it bothers me. Because that's like that's his position. That's where he thrives at. And I get it. You have to throw some kinks into the formations and and change things and whatever the case may be. Um, But it's definitely shown, especially the last two matches, um, it's definitely shown that our defense is weaker when Kalen's not the central stalwart. 
Yeah, which, Kay- I can agree with you that Kalen shifting out wide is a bit of a is a bit of an issue. I don't. I, I don't think. Again, I don't think it's necessarily a, a natural position, but um, I, I I would much rather have him in that, that two central back system um, to help you know cover that that, that central area, but. Yeah, and I'm okay with the two central back system. I'm not opposed to that if our two central backs stay back. But instead you have, I don't know who the other central back was on Wednesday or Friday night or Saturday night. Saturday night? Saturday uh, you had uh... – oh, shoot. Sorry, I'm trying. I'm looking up the, the roster from Saturday night. Uh, I want to say it was uh, yeah, Yearwood, uh, Kalen, Yearwood, Kalen, and uh, who was on, on the other side? Was it Suggs uh, the other left? No, because Suggs came in for, for Zico. Um, it might have, so it might have been Zico running at, running at three back. I know Zico was on the far right. Yeah. Um, Kelowna, okay. So, I get the four-back system when you have strong attacking opponents. I get it. But when you have your defense flying up the field like we see there, where you have Kalen, or I guess he's flying back. Um, When you have your defense flying up the field where they have to do that and fly back to get back into position, that's an issue for me. Especially when you have, and here's another crazy hot take, David, so close yours if you don't like it. Um, Especially when you have Alex in, in goal. I mean, if it wasn't for Kalen on... On Saturday night, I don't think we win that match. I think we walk out with the draw. Really? Yes. Okay. Because we won two to one, which rolled the tape back. I'm pretty sure that's what I called. We have to. I'd have to go back and check the tape. I don't remember what. Uh, your I think you called was. a two 0 win. I called two one because I did not trust the the the, the goalkeeper that we have, mm-hmm. which I proved my point. Yeah. Um. Regardless of that, I mean, if it's if Austin's not flying back and get that get that stop or that save because I'm giving that save to him, it's a one one game. And then we score two one, okay, and then they score their third. If you want to play it, play it out that way, mm-hmm. it's a two two draw at the end of the night. If Austin does not fly back, so Austin was my man of the match because of that one single flyback play. Where I don't know if you have it, where you could pull it up or not. I doubt no, the highlight that was not part of the, the highlight package, and I don't know if that, of course it, it was. We can get from David. Um, David, if you could, if you could potentially get us the, the highlight of Austin making that, that stop there in the third minute on Saturday night, 
if there's any way we can get that, I would appreciate that. But uh, so this is something else that you took exception with over the weekend. Uh, and you have been especially critical of Alex Timbakis and his decision-making uh, this season. Now, going back to Saturday night, I, you'd say you know, we, it could have been 1-1 at that point. It absolutely could have been because um, – It 100% yeah, should have been. I think more than likely, yes. You know, um, <laughs> oh, I, I love this. This is fantastic. Um, but yeah, it, you know, in that in that third minute there, you've got Marcus Epps who gets completely free, and there's nobody there, and so Alex comes off his line to to stop him, and. Okay. You know, and I get that. I get he came off his line to stop him. But at some point, you have to fall back to protect your goal. You can't mm-hmm. stand and the, on the edge of the box and protect your goal uh, that way. Oh, when you Earl. have Marcus Epps, who's one of the best in the league, coming at you, and he proved it when he, go, when he scores on you, when you see oh. that coming, you fall backwards. You start sinking into your goal. Okay, so the Epps, that goal, I, I do have something to say about that. We'll get that here in a minute. But, but to the play that you're, that you're saying, you know, he should have fallen. Why? If you're, and I want to get Casey, I want to get Alex, I want to get, I want to get one of our, one of our keepers. Maybe we can get Ford Parker on to explain this. But when you're in a one-on-one scenario, you don't want your keeper backing up. You don't want them backing up while the while the attacker's coming at them. Because you want them to come out and try to shut down that angle and narrow it as much as possible. You know, him coming out to where he did forced Epps farther wide. And Austin comes in and makes a tackle. Okay. So, David, <laughs> you say backing up is the worst thing you could do there. And don't get me wrong. I'm not a goalkeeper. Probably never will be. I, um, I think your uh, shootout with Rio proved that. <laughs> um I get it. I'm not a goalkeeper and you don't you say backing up is the worst thing you do there. But standing flat-footed is also a bad thing to do. You get caught on your heels and now your defense is running around trying to save it. Okay, hold on. Hold, hold, okay, hold on. You just said caught on your heels. Okay, so if Alex is out, you didn't want him backing up. You think that's going to go any better? You think him physically backing up and being on his heels, moving backwards, is going to be any better for that situation? No, like I said, you, he got caught on his heels. Okay, okay. But the thing is, when you come out again, you're not going to be able. You're not going to want to make that backwards motion to back up. You're not going to concede that you're going to come out. You're cut off the angle, which he did. And then from there, there's only so many options. It's either you know, come out and you know, continue, continue to attack the attacker and cut that off and potentially risk a, a, a penalty at that point. Or you're going to come out to a point to where the, the, the attacker is going to get, a, is going to, you know, play the ball around you and, and, you know, and have a better opportunity. But from, for Alex to come out, force him out wide and then force a tougher angle on him, then one, it slows Epps down. Number two, it gives, Austin or somebody the, the ability to come back and get back in position to potentially help make that play. And, you know, you, again, you, you go back and look at that goal uh, 
on Wednesday night from that really from that fairly tight angle off the off the right wing. You know, it, it's not a high XG shot, and so Alex made the absolute right decision. And if we, I guarantee you, if we get Casey Gaston on the show, we get Alex, we get oh, Ford, I, I'm working we on get, it. We get Jackson, we get Chris Hurst on the show. You, we get any of these guys, any of these guys who coach or have played, like they will tell you that what that what that what he did, what Alex did, was the right call to try to slow down that attack. And yeah, it was a tremendous effort by Austin Yearwood on, on Saturday night. Like really, really great effort. Um, but obviously, Epps, being the, play, the player that he is, we saw him really come to life in the second half, especially after Zico Bailey got subbed off. Because outside of that first attack, Epps was very Boom. rarely involved in anything. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. So... Um, as many of you guys know, we've had Casey on air. Um, mm. Casey being a really, really good friend of mine. Um, Casey, I hope you're having fun at work tonight. Um, I text him. Mm-hmm. I was going to try to drag him on air. But <laughs> he's at work, so he can't come on. Um, regardless of that, um, I said, I have a keeper question. He said, what is it? I said, 1v1, you're on the edge of your box. What do you do as a keeper? I said, do you stand at do you stand at your box or do you sink back into goal? Exactly like I've asked here. Exactly what I've said here. He said, not what the United keeper did. That was dumb. He was he's he was way he was too off his line. He should have been back more and waited for him to come into your box. I don't know what he was doing so far out. He got lucky. That's a direct mm-hmm. quote from Casey Gaston. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Now that's exactly what I was saying. He was too far out. He got caught. And it depended on our defense and Austin Yearwood for to be exact to save it. All right. Well, I mean, it, you know, direct quote from, from Casey Gasson there. I mean, it, it's interesting to hear, you know, his take as well. Um, yeah. I mean, it, obviously we, we have differing opinions on this, um, but yeah, it's, I, you know, fortunate. We can, I think we can uh, agree either way. David, appreciate you being here, buddy. We'll, uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. Have a great night. Um, we can agree that you know, Austin made a tremendous play there to stop that attack. Um and from that point forward, I mean, really, you look at what Epps did until the second half. Epps was non-existent, basically. Uh, but once Zico Bailey subbed out and you then had uh, Will Seymour out there on the right, I mean, Will could not keep up with him at all. Will could not keep up with, with, with Epps. And when, when he scored that goal, you could see what Epps was doing, just driving up that left wing and then cut back onto his right foot. And, you, uh... I mean, Will just had no... No shot there. You ready for my next hot take? Have at it. Will Seymour is not the answer on defense. I in in that role in that position, I would agree with you. He does not have the pace to keep up with the quick strikers such as Marcus Epps. Um, who did we play last week that was quick? Um. Harry, I'll give you a shout out. Patino from or PC, whatever the fuck his name is from San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Will, as good as he is defensively, don't get me wrong, he's good defensively. Back line Will is not the answer. Will is a central defensive mid. Um, and that's what it is. And when he gets on that back line on that far right, it's a casualty. It's a liability, in my opinion. Okay, so, uh, so two things on this. One, Don't get me wrong. Hold on, I, hold on. Hold on. I agree with you that Will does not have the pace. Will Let me clarify. Not- Let me clarify real quick. Real quick. By no way am I saying that Will is not a good player. Mm-hmm. It's just him playing on the back line is not a good play. Okay, well, see, see, that's the thing. I think that's where we agree. So, back line and central defender are two different things. Now, you put, you try to put Will out wide as a right back, which is what we saw him trying to do against Marcus Epps. That's not going to work. That in itself is not going to work because you didn't have to face it. But as a central defender, as a center back, yes, Will is very, very good. I think he works well in that position or as a CDM. But I don't, I don't, I don't want to see Will out wide. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. Will you, as a CDM, not you just said on, you just said on that back line. Will as a central defensive mid is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Will on the back line, and I'm throwing central uh, center back in there too. He is not the best. And then when you throw him on the right or the left side, which we see him primarily coming on the right, you might as well hand a goal because that's what it turns into. Yeah, as a wide back, as as a you know left or right back, no, I don't see it. As a as a center back, yes, I'm fine with Will being there. Um, but yeah, I don't I, I don't I don't want to see him either left or right back um, either way. You know, obviously, you know, Suggs had come into the match at that point. I mean, Suggs, he could have done it. Um, I still don't think Suggs has the pace to keep up with Epps, but I think he would have been better than Will Seymour out wide. Um, but, you know, you bring Zico Bailey out because he played, you know, both matches in the week and obviously two more coming up this week. You've got to keep that rotation in there. You want to keep some sort of fresh legs. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Will just got beat on Saturday night. He, he truly did against Marcus Epps. And, you know, I mean, after that, you know, Epps was just done. You know, I mean, he he put everything he had in that match for 60, almost 70 minutes before coming out. But, yeah, he just – he he was uh, – his pace was too much for Will. His, his cutback was too much for Will. Um, but I, I that's not the typical position that we see Will in. Now, he'll drift out wide to help with, with coverage, but that's not his typical position. When you see him, when you see him start in that back line, it's as a, it's as a central defender, not as, a, not as a left or right back. And so he's done very well for us in that central defender role, but with, you know, with Kelowna stepping up the way that he has, with Austin Yearwood back and being healthy, with Zico Bailey now, I don't think you're going to see Will in that position very often. He'll either be that central defender, that center back, or like a CDN type role. Um, you know, that's where Will, those two spots is where Will really excels at what he does. Um, but yeah, I mean, all things considered, you look at the play of Saturday night and, and really last week, I mean, Zico Bailey to me has been the standout all week long, uh, both matches. You know, you, you we didn't see much of him on Wednesday, but when you, get, when you get to start on Saturday, he definitely made the most of his time. He picked up the early assist. Uh, on the Harry Swartz goal. And, I mean, Zico Bailey is a phenomenal athlete. You watch his pace going forward. You watch his recovery runs. 
You watch his decision making on and off the ball. He had some very good crosses, and like he wasn't afraid to to get in there and, and scrap and try to win a ball back. You know, um, I thought he was very very good on Saturday night. And you mentioned earlier, and this is someone you know talking about you know, guys having an impact. He said you know Borgeland may not have an impact. He said you know Bailey stepped in had instant impact. He absolutely did. But there's a difference in those two roles. So you can step in as a right back, left back, whatever and have a far more instant impact on a game because you don't have to necessarily work as much at gelling and understanding what the players around you are going to do in terms of their delivery and where they're going to be and what they're going to do with the balls. Because you look at what Zico, what Zico did, you know, he kind of drifted in towards the middle a little bit, but for, for mostly he stayed out wide, worked that wide area up and down, make recovery runs you know, press the ball going forward. And you saw some very smart decision-making out of him. And, you know, his crosses were pretty much on point uh, into the box uh, almost all night long. And so I, I think it's easier for him to step in and have that impact than it is for Borgeland. Again, you know, Borgeland's got to, you know, he's got to learn to gel with everyone around him. So I think that's where the, the big difference is. And you can't really compare the two. Uh, Jane watching Zico was, was Zico was so much fun to watch. Like he really was our guy, our friends down in, uh, in San Antonio, Harry and Robert told us that he was a, he was a lot of fun to watch really pacey guy, uh, super athletic. And he's, he's showing it so far. Um, yeah. And don't get me wrong. I, I have no confidence in, in Borgeland. Mm-hmm. I won't have confidence in him until he starts producing. Even one goal, and I'll be good. Give me one goal, and you mark my words, you will shut me up. <laughs> Just one. That's all I'm asking. I mean, yeah, I, I think one goal will help allay uh, a lot of the concerns that a lot of people have. Um, But, and that's one of those things. Like it's just going to come with time. And you know, I was out at the Lobo luncheon today. I was, you know, listening to Coach Heather, uh, listening to her talk. Um, and, and she she was talking, you know, a lot of new faces, a lot, of, you know, having time to gel and things like. That. It's just things that, that that takes time. It takes patience. And I think that really applies here. That really does apply here. And now, granted, the thing that we we don't have a lot of is a lot of time. But you know, you've got to give them opportunities. I mean. You know, three matches is not a lot of time. And really, the number of training sessions, again, coming back from San Diego with the issues with the flights because of the hurricane. And so, like, realistically, at this point, they had Tuesday of last week, Thursday, maybe Friday, and then, you know, Monday, Tuesday this week outside of outside of match play. Like, you know, it, it's it, – you can't really – fault him you know it, it's there's a gelling process you know again he has to understand what everyone else wants to do he has to they have to understand what he wants to do and where he likes the ball um daryl zico was great we'd love to see him more with amanda bruce and hernandez yeah it'll be fantastic you know nikki obviously was hurt over the weekend so we didn't get to see him but uh you know amando came in amando was dynamic for you know 20 30 minutes on, on saturday when he came in uh daniel bruce obviously you know he's hurt as well uh, hopefully, uh, those guys are, are starting to come back this week. We should be seeing bees either this week or next week. 
That's my that's 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 what I believe is going to happen with bees. Um, but Brucey should be back soon. Nikki should be back soon. Obviously, you know, he, Nikki, uh, his arm got twisted the other night again. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, I don't know if he's going to miss any more time, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you look at the way these guys play and I mean, there's, there's reason to hope there's reason to be hopeful here in the final nine matches. Um, and, and I think one stat that stood out is that, you know, on the season, United is five now six Oh and one at home when scoring first. So the fast start Saturday against FC Tulsa was exactly what they needed. And, you know, coming up this week, obviously we've got Las Vegas tomorrow night and then Charleston on Saturday. Vegas is a team that I'm, I'm not sold on. I'm also, um, I'm also somewhat concerned about Vegas tomorrow. You know, uh, they do have, you know, two former United players, you know, Timothy Zali and Josh Dalling currently. And they're a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team. I mean, they, they took Phoenix to the um, wire on Saturday. I want to fact check you real quick because technically they have three former United players. Nope. Preston's gone. Is he? He went to Birmingham. Yep. That's news to me. Okay. Carry yeah, on. Happened, ha- happened last week. Um, yeah, Preston re- uh, signed with, uh, with Birmingham Legion last week. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, Lights took rising to task on Saturday to, uh, mm-hmm. before losing by a final of three to two. So they're a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team. I don't really know what to expect. You know, they like to, they like to have a lot of pace. Um, now, obviously they're not the same attacking team as they were a couple of years ago with Danny Trejo mm-hmm. and, uh, and Preston and some of those other guys. Um, you know, it's while they're pretty dang close to being eliminated from playoff contention. They're not mathematically out of it yet. So they may be looking quite spoiler here. Um, but this is a mat. And I said on air uh, earlier today on ESPN radio, I would not sleep on Vegas in this match. I do think United is going to win, but I wouldn't sleep on Vegas. Um, you know, they're just dangerous enough to, to upend United tomorrow night. Jane Andrews, we don't know. We haven't seen him. He hasn't been a team sheet. Um, no injuries that we're aware of. Um, but we can certainly ask. I can ask that tomorrow night. And I'm sorry, what is Sosa's first name? That's how important he is. <laughs> that I mean, that's a that's a fair point there. He isn't someone who's been uh terribly involved ever since he ever since he was brought on. So but uh, I mean Earl, when you look at Las Vegas tomorrow, I mean you is there anything that that concerns you? Is there anything that you think that we should be watching for? I mean, who do you think? I mean, David obviously you know thinks that Schneider Borgeland is going to get a goal tomorrow against Las Vegas Lights. Um, you know, what's your take on 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 the lights? My take on the lights is, I don't know what my take is on the lights. They Vegas is Vegas. They're a weird team, whether they're at home or they're away. Um, Jane, I was about to mention that uh, Zico is wearing Sosa's number nineteen. Mm-hmm. So, um, I digress. I don't know what to think about Vegas. I mean, yeah, they have 
Zali and they have um, Dolling. But the only difference between them and then and them now is Dolling is the only difference. And we know how how explosive Dolling can be. So I don't know what to take. So I'm gonna just throw it right out there. I'm gonna go go quick on it. This one hurts me. One, it hurts my brain because it's fucking 10 o'clock at night and I'm trying to think. Um, and two, it hurts me mostly because I think... I think Alex gets a clean sheet and it's 1-0. Okay. Um... Earl showing some faith in Alex Tambakis after bashing him all night long. No, I don't. Sh- I'm not showing faith in Alex. I'm saying he gets a clean sheet. That's it. Okay. Uh, nothing more. He, nothing if less. If he does, don't go to the bank to it. If mm. he does, David, I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> yeah, so if Alex gets a clean sheet against Vegas, number five on the season, by the way, would that give you? Any more faith in his ability to close out the year for us? Okay, let's let's not get crazy now. Okay, then. All right. Um, have you watched yeah. this entire season? I I certainly have. Yeah. And you expect him to do something in the last ten games? Yeah, I do. Are you fucking I, drunk? <laughs> not tonight. Um, no, I, it's going to be a tough match. I mean, you look at the back end of the schedule again. Vegas is probably the worst team we're going to face the rest of the year. Um, you know, it's going to be tough, but I think there are some winnable games in here. Um, but yeah, I think tomorrow night is uh, going to be one of our best opportunities for that. And I think it, you know, a strong showing against Vegas, even with them being where they are in the table, I think does give confidence going forward, not only for Alex, but for everyone else. Um, but yeah, Vegas are dangerous. They are. Uh, but I, I, at the same time, Phoenix is not the same Phoenix team. Vegas is not the same Vegas team. Um, I'm going to say 2-0. Borge only gets a brace just to spite you, Earl. And Alex gets a clean sheet. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Seth is going to get fucking punched in the mouth. <laughs> And uh, he thinks he has something to say. I don't know. Uh, And then, of course, Saturday night, we have one more match this week. The finale of the four-match homestand. We have Charleston Battery coming in. Battery are all but assured a a playoff spot, sitting third in the Eastern Conference. Um, They come in on a little bit of a mixed result here lately. Two wins out of five. Wins over Detroit City and Memphis 901. Losses to Orange County and Oakland Roots. Um, obviously, Orange County has been one of the hottest teams in the in the league over the past you know two months or so. Um, you know, they are getting hot at the right time. They they've hit their stride. Orange County's all the way up to third place in the Western Conference. Um, so I mean, that's a very valid loss for Charleston. That Charleston there, I apologize. Um, 
Oakland Roots as well, picking up a win over Charleston Battery. I think that's a a legitimate loss there, loss there too, and not like a, a fluky type thing. Um, you know, it, it's going to be big. Uh, Daryl's comment here: If we are the playoff team, we think we are. We absolutely need three points against Vegas. I don't disagree with that. We need three points against Vegas. We need three points against Hartford. We need three points against Orange County when they were here a month and a half ago. Um, you know, uh, there's definitely been some letdowns here of late, and so you can't. We can't have that again against Vegas. Um, but then Charleston on Saturday. Um, again, it's going to be a very tough match. You know, Charleston is extremely talented. Um, you know, you, you look at their roster, you know, top to bottom. Um, I mean, they're, they're a very well coached team. Uh, you know, I don't know who they're, who they're starting. I haven't looked to see who they're, who's been playing their starter keeper. But I think it's been Trey Muse. Obviously Trey Muse is a very talented, uh, keeper there. Uh, Augustine Williams, Aiden Apodaca. I mean, you know, they have, they brought back a lot of guys from last season. So, uh, I'm going to watch from Charleston this week ahead of that match so I'll get a better idea as to what they're going to do on Saturday. But, um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Um, I think of the two matches this week, Charleston is the one where I think we drop points. Um, I think that was a one, one draw on Saturday. And even then, like, you know, a draw is not necessarily a bad result. But we've got to pick up a three against Vegas on Wednesday. Y'all yeah, seeing the same thing. Um, this season's been a roller coaster. We play good. We play shitty. We play good. We play shitty. Um, so with us picking up, and like it's just prediction, with us getting a win on tomorrow night. And I did predict a 1-0 clean sheet, which that hurt. Um, I don't think Alex plays the game as good as we think he will on Saturday. I mean, it's a roller coaster. You play good one game, you don't the next. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I'm at. You called 1-1. I felt the same way, but I'll say 2-1. Us. Okay. So you're going to say we get the win on Saturday against Charleston. And uh, fuck my life. Um, Wild hot take prediction. It's 1-1 and Shenander board again scores a winner. Okay. And that's the David Carl prediction. Of him getting an important goal. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. There are, are, there are our predictions for this week. Uh, another busy week for New Mexico United. Obviously, you know, two matches last week, two this week. Uh, before we finally get another you know, small break of you know, seven days in between matches. Uh, you know, sat, uh, actually, eight days, I should say. Uh, after the second, there will be a week off before you go to Birmingham. So... Uh, Earl, any closing thoughts before we get out of here this evening? No, I don't really have any closing thoughts. I mean, yeah, I don't have any closing thoughts. I mean, it's this season, this team, 
everything about it is crazy. Um, I know we need a stadium or we're going to have like fucking San Diego loyal. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. Like I'm all over the place. Obviously I hate losing, but also I hate when we win sloppy. Yeah, I can agree. Yeah. That's something we didn't talk about either was, uh, uh, San Diego loyal folding. Um, like obviously the reason is that they couldn't secure a stadium, but uh, while that may be part of it, I also you know the fact that MLS is moving into the neighborhood uh, is more than likely what triggered that. Um, so disappointing to see San Diego Loyal fold. They've been highly competitive, highly uh, they've been very good their entire time in the league. Um, highly, you know, and it's sad to see it go and. You know, I've seen some people lamenting not having a downtown stadium because, you know, after seeing that news. And realistically, I mean, the, the city screwed that up. The, the city really screwed up the approach to that. Um, the club has, has always said they, they would have much rather been downtown. But now we have Lagoon Siesta Park, um, which will hopefully be breaking ground here this winter. So, um, yeah, I mean – we've known for years that the club is going to have to have a stadium following league guidelines. Um, fortunately, the, the league has worked with the club and they've been able to, you know, keep extending the deadline as long as United's working towards that. And, um, you know, maybe by, maybe by 2025 opening day, we'll have a stadium. So, well, I think that's, uh, uh, just about just do it about. for us. You've heard our predictions. We've had lots of great chat this evening. Uh, thank you to everyone who popped in and said hello. Um, David, Harry, Jane, uh, Sue, uh, Daryl. Appreciate each and every one of you. I do uh, want to acknowledge the ones that were on Facebook that did not comment. Mm-hmm. Um, those ones being my family, um, Marlena, Maya, Javi, um, those are the three that I saw that did not get acknowledged. That did not hop in the chat. Um, Javi hopped on the, on the text line, which I appreciate you, Javi. Have a good night. Have fun at school tomorrow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you said, everyone who, who was on the, on the, on the platforms that did not comment, we do appreciate you just being here. Eyes always help. Um, yeah, we do appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, so Javi, Marlena, Maya, uh, Melanie, like I appreciate all of you. Um, everything helps drive everything for us. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to keep bringing you guys content every, each and every week. We will be back uh, Tuesday night, 9 o'clock Mountain Time, to discuss uh, Las Vegas Lights, Charleston Battery, and then we will look ahead to Birmingham Legion next Saturday. Again, another tough matchup for United. Uh, so for Earl, for Jacob, who obviously is still at the police academy, for myself, appreciate each and every one of you. And until next time, somos unidos. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. 
All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.